Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. I'm today's guest host, Emily Butler, and on the menu for this episode, we'll be discussing ways to break down the barriers of healthy eating in schools, the importance of serving up balanced meals to the next generation, and finally, how school caterers can continue to make a real difference. To help me break down this important topic, I'm glad to be joined by Heather Dolan, who is our nutrition manager here at Bid Food. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Please, can you share a bit about your role and how that supports the education sector? Of course. So I'm the nutrition manager at Bid Food and responsible for driving our nutrition strategy. And I work with lots of different teams to support the education sector. So marketing, our nutrition-related content, our national accounts teams, and also our development chefs. I'm also now joined by Amanda Watley, who is the business development manager for HC3S. HC3S stands for Hampshire County Council Catering Services, and they provide award-winning catering services to schools and colleges. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Emily. Thank you so much for inviting me to join this podcast. Can you share a bit about your role and the work you do at HC3S? HC3S provide education catering from nursery age all the way up to sixth form, predominantly across Hampshire, but also in Dorset and Wiltshire, all of which have varying demographics. So the HC3S business development team provide multi-channel digital marketing services. So this means we have an integrated digital marketing strategy and take a nudge marketing approach when planning and executing marketing campaigns that link to behaviour change and drive school meal uptake. Before we go on to the topic, I should say a massive congratulations on your recent win at LASER. How did it feel to be recognised for your amazing work in educating pupils on the importance of eating vegetables and all the activity during National Schools Meals Week? Oh, thank you, Emily. Uh, it's always great to be recognised and achieving the Laser Marketing Excellence Award is the icing on the cake for what we've achieved at ground level and, all, and out in the field, pun intended, um, because <laughs> we constantly strive to make our marketing campaigns work, knowing that this can positively affect children's diets. But it's when our teams and schools both work to make it exciting for their school community is what really makes the difference to success. It's not just about us in the marketing team. So, you know, the vegetable tasters that our teams create, the reduced food waste on the floor in school halls, pupils' willingness to try new vegetables because the catering teams make it so engaging, what counts in breaking down those barriers. When we achieve an award nomination or a win, it's a great feeling, but ultimately it's knowing that the industry views it as worthwhile and it gives us another boost to keep innovating. Over the summer, we've already been planning for National School Meals Week activities um, with schools and also uh, for next February's Eat Them to Defeat Them campaign. So watch this space. Very well deserved. So with the introductions all done, let's get on with this episode's topic. Welcome back. Starting with you, Heather, from a nutritional perspective, why do you think healthy eating is so important for children? I think there are lots of reasons why healthy eating is important and especially for children. So first, if we think about behavior and performance at school, we know that hungry children find it harder to concentrate and are more likely to be disruptive. And part of this is down to blood sugar levels, so eating regular balanced meals is important as it helps to regulate our blood sugar, which may affect the hormones involved in controlling children's mood and their ability to concentrate. 
And then thinking more longer term, children are still growing. So their brain, bones, teeth, muscles are all still developing and maturing. So a healthy, balanced diet is going to give them the energy and the variety of nutrients that they need for normal growth and development. And as well as these physical changes, there are also emotional changes. They're developing their personality, their style of thinking and understanding of the world. So healthy eating at school is also really important for a child's relationship with food. Um, We can help develop their palate by introducing them to new tastes and help them develop healthy eating habits that they'll carry into adulthood to help them stay healthy. Well, I agree with Heather. Uh, totally. Good nutrition is essential during childhood as it's a time of rapid growth, development and activity. And those early school years are a vital time for healthy tooth development, preventing decay, as general eating patterns and eating habits are formed in the first few years of life and influence our health during childhood and then adulthood. It's important that children eat well at lunchtime. So eating a nutritious school meal that helps them flourish can make all the difference, especially if in the current economic climate, families are having to compromise nutrition at home. You know, as Heather was saying, um, psychologically, it's so important too. you know, children are very active physically and mentally, especially at school. And so they have high energy and nutrient needs in relation to their body size. And if we can encourage good nutrition during the early years of life, it's really an investment in the health of those pupils as they grow up for years to come. As children that eat well, potentially have more chance of doing well in life. In fact, I recently read uh, in the Food Foundation's latest broken plate report that inadequate nutrition resulting from poor food environments has implications for the health of children and adults, wider society and the planet. So I think that kind of says it all. Amanda, what has been a real standout moment for you when campaigning for children to eat more vegetables and getting involved in healthy eating initiatives? Well, personally, I'm very passionate about children's health and ways we can be innovative to influence what children eat to benefit their long-term health. So when HC3S get messages from parents at random times of the day or night telling me they've had success in getting their child to eat vegetables and it's not battleground for them any longer, I feel really elated. It's hard to pick out just one standout moment overall. Uh, For us, we evaluate what we do each time we run a campaign and look at the overall pattern to see if we're changing or shaping behaviour, both at school and also in the home environment. And when we have evidence that this works, it's fantastic to see, especially I'll mention the broken plate report again, um, especially when it says uh, that you need to spend 50% of household income to eat according to the Eat Well Guide. It's often fruits and vegetables that families don't eat when stretched financially. So if we can make a difference getting children to eat vegetables at school and at home, it's an indicator to long-term success. So what would you both say are some simple yet impactful ways schools can encourage pupils to learn about healthy eating and increase their uptake of vegetables? Heather, do you want to go first? Yeah, of course. So I think it's really powerful when schools can incorporate food and nutrition into lessons. Yeah, of course. So I think incorporating food and nutrition into lessons is a great place to start. When we introduce new foods to children and allow them to explore them, whether this is through lessons or activities, it's been shown to increase their willingness to try their new fruits and vegetables. Also, if you can think about independence, Uh, Like a lot of us, children often don't like to be told what to do. So if you can give them an element of choice, whether it's a salad bar or a toppings bar, that can be quite powerful. 
and also school meals, which I'm sure Amanda will touch upon. So for some children, a school meal might be their only substantial meal of the day. And if the alternative is a packed lunch, generally speaking, these are less healthy than school meals, with data suggesting that less than 2% meet the government's school food standards. So I think encouraging uptake of these is also very important. Definitely. Um, Amanda, would, would you agree with what Heather was saying? Absolutely. Um, it's it's vital that schools uh, take some responsibility. Uh, they have a real role to play, as healthy eating does actually feature on the curriculum. And food can be such a source of anxiety and misery if people can't afford to eat well or food is wasted. It can be so it can be really stressful. If schools can encourage pupils to have a school lunch and signpost families to applying for free school meals where needed, this would be a huge factor in improving diets. Not everyone who's entitled to a free school meal actually takes it up and schools can really help with that. And this doesn't just mean for schools loading menus on their websites but actively encouraging meal uptakes as children are accessing at least one nutritious meal a day from more detailed information on their websites and reminders in school newsletters to planning their theme day lunch calendar. Positive language and being role models during lunchtime, such as teachers eating with pupils, perhaps on a rotor basis, has often been proven to help. Linking healthy eating with sport and exercise, which of course schools do all week, in every week, in a way that children relate to can also be of value. And some schools could even grow herbs in classrooms, vegetables and school gardens as part of science lessons. And there's literally nothing better than eating something that you've had a part in growing yourself. And one of our schools has taken this a stage further and even inspires entrepreneurship by running a fruit and veg box scheme. And I believe they've just opened a school farm shop. So, you know, you, it depends how far you want to take it. There's some really simple things. Um, we offer our schools help with our healthy eating assemblies with lots of fun, such as our chopstick challenge. I think you've seen that in action, um, where a pupil to represent each year group comes to the front and has to pick up and eat a pea with chopsticks. Having fun with food, because um, food is enjoy an enjoyable experience, um, can make a real difference. And here, this element of competition goes down really well. And also, any schools that take part in the Veg Power Eat Them to Defeat Them Schools programme are really onto a winner as the resources available make their job in classrooms a lot easier. And Veg Power provide an assembly to launch the five week campaign, lots of resources for teaching staff to use, and also reward stickers for lunchtime assistance to give out. All of these things are really simple and easy things for schools to get involved in um, that will contribute to children having a nutritious school lunch and wanting to eat well. And then, of course, as Heather was saying right at the start of this podcast, if you know, the concentration, the focus really um, improves in the afternoon. And that's where children flourish. Definitely. It's great to have so many examples of, of how school caterers can get involved in like really creative ideas as well, like the school farm shop and things. It just sounds like it brings a whole new element of fun to sort of student pupils learning. Welcome back. So we all recently attended a school to deliver an assembly on the importance of eating fruits and vegetables, as well as getting the children involved in a mystery fruit box game. That really encapsulates the thoughts you mentioned about making it interactive, fun, and adding that real sort of sensory aspect um, and showcasing something new. Heather, what did you want the children's main takeaway to be from the assembly we delivered? 
I was really just hoping to start some conversations around food and nutrition and hoping that we might even spark some excitement. Um, But I think we were all blown away by how engaged the children were and how excited and competitive they got when we played the game. So that was brilliant. The, the field of nutrition has grown really rapidly in recent years and is still growing. So it was also really nice for me to be able to tell them a little bit about what I do as a nutritionist, to kind of pro- promote my profession, maybe inspire some of them and talk about what a healthy balanced diet is. So I think all around it was a very positive day with lots of wins. Also, having the amazing fruit sculptures for the children to eat back in class after the assembly on what was probably the hottest day of the year just showed how important hydration is as part of a healthy diet as well. Yeah, definitely. My favourite was the um, watermelon chip uh, that Chef Adam created. I think it was just amazing to see the kids' faces when we brought them into the classrooms. Exactly, because it's all relatable. You know, they can identify with that. They can, you know, there's that wow factor. Definitely. I felt sorry for their parents because some of the children must have gone home that night and said, can you make a ship sculpture, please? Out of all our fruit. <laughs> so what would both your advice be for school caterers on how best to incorporate healthy eating into their menus, break down the barriers or misconceptions around healthy eating? Yeah, Amanda, should we start with you on this one? As a caterer in the education market, the first and most important step is that by ensuring our menus still comply with or exceed the school food standards, we can be confident that the meals remain good quality. The meals need to be nutritious from the get-go so that children know what good food tastes like, especially for those children whose parents are really struggling at the moment with the cost of living crisis and having to compromise. We ensure there's plenty of vegetables, fillets of fish, not minced, British meat, so we know that animal welfare is high, and many other things such as continuing to bake our own bread. Secondly, the food needs to look and smell appealing. That doesn't always mean children are going to tuck into it and change their like or dislike of something overnight. You know, we do realise that. It can take several attempts to try something before they know they like it, as children's taste palettes change enormously from reception to secondary school, for example. And peer pressure is a big player too. It helps if schools allow children to sit together, whether they have school lunch or pet lunch, as sometimes those children bring in lunch from home and then smell the food that we provide and hear positive language being used by their friends to describe the meals that can really make a difference and having some independence too is key and we encourage our pupils to help themselves to additional salads so they can choose what they like or try something new without it being foisted upon them breaking down the barriers can be as simple as words of encouragement and a smile from the catering teams they know meet every day it's not about big spend advertising campaigns it's about gently nudging pupils to make the right choices for the long term Definitely. And and Heather, what would you say as sort of some key ideas on how school caterers can break down those barriers of healthy eating in schools? Well, I completely agree with with what Amanda was saying. And I think overall thinking about how you can make food a part of the culture in the school is really important. So having staff who are really passionate about food and understand the importance of nutrition, making sure the dining hall is welcome in and almost seen as the hub of the school. And then, as Amanda said earlier, if you can model aspects of nutrition, so for example, teachers eating with children sometimes um, and starting conversations around food wherever possible. Um, When we did the assembly game, I couldn't believe how many children already knew about different fruits. So I think by doing 
activities like that and asking the children for feedback you might actually be surprised how susceptible they are to trying new things so just keeping an open mind as well yes I'd agree with that so Heather is there a particular fruit or vegetable you think is overlooked that provides a lot of nutrients that are key to children's development I think there are lots of great fruits and vegetables that caterers can look to include within menus, but I would say it's more important to focus on variety. So just including as many different types of foods as possible. Um, Different foods have different nutrients in different combinations. So vitamins, minerals, polyphenols, and different types of fiber, which might all sound quite complex, but focusing on variety is a really simple yet powerful way to make menus healthier. There are some nutrients that I could pick out that are particularly important for the brain, like vitamin D and omega-3 fats and also fiber, but it's more helpful to focus on a child's overall dietary pattern rather than individual foods and nutrients. So when caterers are thinking about school food, school food menus they can try and make sure that they're balanced with different fruits and vegetables and whole grains and proteins across the week to help children grow and develop and be healthy and the school food standards help ensure variety for example one of the standards is ensure that there's at least three different types of vegetables across the week so following the school food standards is a great place to start And you can also think about colors, which sounds very basic, but often different nutrients give rise to different colors in plants. So you might think that your children only want to eat beige food, but I would challenge that. Totally. And just to add to that, you know, I think we can easily nudge children to eat that variety and offer menu tasters before each menu cycle. Um, really eradicates the fear that the pupils won't like it and will go hungry because it's definitely something school leadership teams and parents worry about too. And that can be really off-putting if they think they won't like it. So, you know, having that that um, visual appeal from, you know, all the different colours and the different tastes as well, um, at the, at the starting point is a, real, um, is a real win to getting children to wanting to eat school lunch and having that nutrition across the week. Some brilliant advice from both of you there. Thank you very much. So I'll wrap things up there. But before I do, Heather, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And Amanda, thanks for coming on to share your expertise. Thank you. I really appreciate being asked. If you'd like to know more on this topic, please visit our schools sector webpage on our website. There you can find all our latest support for schools, from our food waste recipes to our compete with the street concepts. Links can be found in our show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you follow us to be the first to hear the latest episodes.